uh, Sister Brenda has been doing the bulletin for years, and uh, due to the situation, she's going to uh, retire from that. And I do appreciate her help, and for the last few years helping me, and for years before that helping Brother Duplissy. Thank you very much for your work and uh, taking care of that every Sunday morning. I know it gets uh, tiresome sometimes, but thank you for giving to the Lord. Do appreciate it, and appreciate all the ones who have done so much for the benefit of the kingdom of God. And uh, I tell you what, we are in this to help somebody, and you never know uh, how good it is to help somebody until you are blessed to be able to help somebody. And I am uh, thankful uh, that the church is put here for a benefit. I believe this place is a benefit to this community. Amen. The church, if you don't believe it, you ought to stay by here some days and see all the ones that wants to come by and receive benefits of the church. But anyway, thanks uh, to Brother Trey and uh, now Brother Kurt helping him over there. Brother Trey this morning done such a wonderful job and uh, thank him very much and uh, so faithful. He is the Bishop of Hardin County Jail Ministry and uh, so we do appreciate their commitment and their work and Sister Holyfield goes over and helps with the ladies and thank them for their work and uh, not a lot of recognition of that but uh, thank God that somebody's willing to do it and I do appreciate these good men that's doing such a great job I enjoy these men's uh, words on Sunday morning and uh, a good man out of the good things of his heart brings forth good word and uh, so thankful for their commitment and their work and uh, doing something for the Lord Let's remember to pray for Brother Dixon. Be glad when he's able to get back in the house of God. Miss them being here. So many things to pray about. So many things to be thankful for. Amen. And I am thankful that I'm able to be in the house of God worshiping Jesus Christ. Amen. Been born again. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name on my way to heaven. And I'm excited about it today. How about you? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, <clears throat> so, remember service tonight. Let's come back praying, expecting and believing the Lord for a great move of the Holy Ghost. It is almost, uh, it, it seems like just yesterday uh, that it was Thanksgiving time and it's almost Thanksgiving time again. And time flies and uh, the days pass by very quickly and it's almost turkey time again and so remember we will be selling turkeys again and this will go back into the building fund to uh, help replenish the building fund it is quite depleted after the kitchen and uh, also after uh, the air conditions but don't it feel good in here today amen thank God for nice cool air and in the south it is uh, uh, needful to have good air conditions and we are thankful that we are able to get all of that done kitchen is so nice and uh, I got to enjoy that uh, last week or, or this past week Monday night cooking for uh, <clears throat> the Golden Eagles thank all of those who come over to help us and we had such a wonderful weekend of services and if you missed it you missed a great time and Sunday morning and Sunday night 
the elders done such a great job singing and worshiping and praising God. And uh, then <clears throat> Monday night had a great time of fellowship and food and entertainment. And uh, we just had a good time. Appreciate all of our elders. Thank you very much for your sacrifice down through the years. And uh, I tell you, we, we cooked in that kitchen and we did not get hot and we did not run into each other. We had plenty of room and the stove boiled water very quickly and the oven cooked right and the fryers fried right and uh, it was just a great experience all the way around and I am thankful that we were able to do that besides that I think it's pretty anyway so, so anyway <laughs> and so help us sell turkeys this year and uh, we're going to have a great time and uh, looking forward to, we all, all the men always have a good time of sitting around fellowshipping in the wee hours of the morning and through the day and we have such a good time of fellowship and uh, so uh, help us uh, make this a great success. We sold 500 turkeys last year. And that was the most that we have done to this date. I think we can beat that this year. Only thing I'm going to have to have an extra day cooking them if we're going to sell more than that. I think we started Wednesday morning and I quit cooking turkeys at 9 o'clock Sunday morning. Non-stop. But anyway, Lord bless you for selling and working. Thank you very much. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16. And... Uh, as you all know, it's been a long time since I preached, and but thanks uh, to different ones, I have preached in different places, just not here. So I'm not going to give you uh, everything today. So uh, <clears throat> I'll try to be cautious of the time and uh, watch it fly by freely. No, I know that you're hungry. I'm a little bit hungry myself. And uh, starting to feel like Brother Duplessis. I'm starting to talk about food before I even get into the message. But anyway, Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. The scripture said, very, very familiar passage of scripture. We've preached about it and you've heard it preached about from all different angles. But I feel uh, that this is what the Lord would have me to come to you with today. Matthew 16, verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you may be seated. 
I want to preach from this subject today. What's right with the church? What is right with the church? Lots of times we get hung up sometimes and high-centered on all the things that needs to be fixed about the church. And there is a lot of things that needs to be fixed and there's a lot of things that we need to tweak every once in a while. There's a lot of areas in life that we need to work on and we need to do better in. There is situations the Apostle Paul was talking when he was writing to the church at Corinth. He was talking about uh, different things that was going on in the church that was very uh, discouraging, that was very disturbing. And uh, he was addressing different situations and different problems and telling them of areas that they needed to uh, do things a little bit different and move in a little different direction. And so there is always times and always situations that occur that we need to uh, bring things back to center and back to the place where God would have us to be because uh, human nature is that if we're not very careful we just vary from uh, the things that God would have us to do and the areas that, that, that God would have us to work in. And I, I can remember as a young boy uh, out uh, working with Daddy, he had a what we called a truck patch, and it was 20 acres of uh, vegetables and different things. He wanted to plant a garden so he could not do things in moderation, so we had to plant 20 acres of garden. Well, somebody has to plant it, somebody has to water it, somebody has to hoe it, somebody has to pick it, somebody has to take care of it and fertilize it. And uh, so I, I was planting peas with the tractor, and he told me, he said, now the way that you do this is that you pick something at the end of the row, at the end of the field, like a tree, a, a fence post, and you zero in on that, and uh, you keep yourself focused with that, with that object, and you don't look to the left, and you don't look to the right, and you don't wonder let your mind wander off but you stay focused well I was planting those peas and I was focused in on that fence post or tree whatever it was and you know my mind was kind of wandering off and I'd kind of looked a little bit to one side or the other and uh, I'd turn back and I'd get zeroed in on that fence post again and uh, I'd kind of wander off and get to thinking about something else and then I'd get zeroed in on that fence post again. It was all well I got that, that field of peas planted until they started coming up. And then you could see every time I drifted off into la-la land. And I made it real difficult in the times that you had to plow those peas with that same tractor. Uh, you had to kind of do the zigzag here and yonder and over there and back across again because I, I, was not, uh, I was not focused. So there is times where we have to, as the ministry, and have to take the Word of God and bring the church back in to focus and help us to get our focus back on what we should be looking at and because we get distracted. But the church and all, 
That is not what I come to preach about today was getting us back in focus. But I come to tell us and preach a little while about what is right with the church and what is good with the church. I am happy to be part of the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The church in its beginning, as I have read here in Matthew, I've taken for a text, Jesus was asking the question, whom do men say that I am? And then he asked his disciples, who do you say I, the Son of Man, am? And the disciples uh, were kind of stunned at this question, but Peter uh, was always willing to give his opinion and his ideas, so he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he, say, and he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not meaning building his church upon the apostle Peter. But he was meaning building his church upon the rock, the sure foundation of the mighty God in Christ, of the revelation of who Jesus Christ really is. See, in that time thought that he was a prophet. He thought that he was one risen from the dead. But the apostle Peter realized that he is much more than just a prophet. Amen. I'm glad to know today and have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ that I know that Jesus was more than just a prophet. Amen. That he was God manifest in the flesh. Amen, that He was God that took upon Himself the robe of flesh and walked among men as we are today. And so we look at, He said, I will build my church upon this revelation, this firm foundation, this solid rock. I am going to build my church. We find in Psalms chapter 118 and verse number 22, the Scripture said, the stone which the builders refuse has become the head stone of the corner. Who were they speaking of here in Psalms and in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 16? It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Who was the prophet speaking of here? It was speaking of things to come. Amen. It was speaking of Jesus Christ, the mighty God in Christ, being that sure stone, that sure foundation of which God was going to build His church on. Amen. We find it very important in the Word of God to understand and know without a shadow of a doubt where the church began and where the birth of the New Testament church was. And I have told you in times past, and I'll tell you again, because of the great impression it made upon my life and my daddy was having a debate with the nominal preacher. And one of the subjects were, where was the beginning? 
And where was the birth of the New Testament church? And uh, I, uh, being very young and not having a lot of understanding and not knowing when to speak or when to be quiet, I come through and they were studying, asking questions and arguing back and forth and uh, uh, preparing for the debate. And I asked my daddy, I said, what's the big deal about where the church started as long as it got started? And he looked at me as if to say you ought to shut up and not speak and not show your ignorance. But anyway, it made an impression on my life by the answer. He said, son, he said, if you don't know where the church started, you don't know what the church preached. So it is very important to our, our life that we know where the church started at. Amen. We find in Acts where or, or, or we can go through the Word of God and, and I listen at the argument because that got my attention. I listen at the argument of this denominal preacher that was trying to prove where the church started in different places in the Word of God. And uh, he said, well, where two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, that is a church. So he said, when Jesus picked his disciples and uh, called them in uh, to be his 12 disciples, that was a church. Well, that's not the New Testament church. Amen. We find in the book of Acts when Jesus had already resurrected from the dead and he was about to ascend in the glory we find in Acts chapter 1, in verse number 8, or we find the story in Acts chapter 1. But in verse number 8, he reminds them of the promise. And he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He told them, he said, now you don't leave from this point, but you go back and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from upon high. And so his disciples, his followers, his close, his chosen ones that were there with him that day went back to Jerusalem and they waited for the promise that Jesus said, I'm going to send you not many days hence. It didn't happen the first day. It didn't happen the second day. It didn't happen the third day. But they had patience and understanding enough to know. They didn't know exactly what they were waiting on, but they had the belief in Jesus. And Jesus said, don't leave until something happens. So they were gathered together in the upper room. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1, through verse number 4, and it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. This is when the power, amen, from God came to live on the inside of the souls of men. This is what he was prophesying and he was teaching and he was preaching about 
in St. John chapter 14 and verse number 16 and John chapter number 3 when he says a man must be born again of water and of spirit or he cannot inherit the kingdom of God. If they would have left from the ascension of Jesus Christ and went off a preaching and went off in their other directions, they would never have the power that the church was going to receive on the day of Pentecost. So it was important that they went to the upper room and waited upon the promise of the Father. And He said, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost, which the Father will send in my name. Amen. It was a promise to God. Amen. It was a promise of God. And it's still a promise to the New Testament church today. Amen. It's still real. And it's still powerful. And it's still what God has planned for His church. Amen. So we find that devout men from all over the known world at that time began to come in to the upper room when this was noise to broad. And they began to come in and they heard men that were not very educated men that were speaking in different languages. And they were saying, how can these things be? And then they accused them of being drunk. And the disciples stood up. The apostle Peter stood up. And Jesus said, back in Matthew that I read for the text, He said, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he took those keys and he inserted them into a door that had been closed that was in the plan of God for thousands of years. And he opened up the New Testament plan of salvation. And they asked men and brethren, what must we do? And we find that Peter stood up and he opened up the plan of salvation that Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 28 and 19. He said, Go ye therefore into all the world, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, our Holy Ghost. And Peter inserted the keys and he opened up that door and he said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And then the Scripture said, it goes on, but all of that ain't even what I wanted to preach about. Lord, help us, Jesus. But you've got to know what the church is before you can ever be part of the church. You've got to know what the church believes. You've got to know the power that is in the church. Amen. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 47, it said, And they went appraising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. The church that was purchased 
Amen. If it happened before Calvary and for the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, it was not a church that was purchased, as he said in the book of Acts, with his own blood. Amen. And then he added to the church that was purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ daily, such as should be saved. So there we have the birth of the New Testament church. A glorious church. A wonderful church. A mighty church. And a powerful church. Amen. So I want to preach to you just for a few minutes this morning. What's right with the church? I don't understand and I don't see how that people make it without a church. Amen. I find people that come through here on pretty much a daily basis that come by and they want to see the pastor or they want to see the secretary and they want to ask the question, do you help people that are in need, that are struggling financially? And I, I say, yes, we do. And my first question to them is, where do you go to church at? You know their answer 99.9% of the time? I'm looking for a church. I said, you know what we do here? And I help, I help most of them, the majority. I said, you know what we do here? We have a congregation that when one gets in trouble, they can depend on the church to help them out. Amen. If they're in need, they come to the church and they find help. Amen. I don't know how people make it without the church. It's more than just a social gathering. Amen. Amen. Some things, some things that are right with the church. Number one, the important thing that is right with the church is we have the doctrine right in the church. Amen. When we look at the book of Acts, Amen. We find that we are preaching what the apostles preached. Amen. We believe what the apostles believed. Amen. We preach that hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. We preach that there is separation from the world of sin. That when God saved you, He didn't save you to stay like you are, but He called you out of a world of sin. He cleaned you up. He made you right. He made you whole. Amen. Amen. What is right in the church? Just like we did last Monday. When you stepped into this baptistry, amen, when we put you down, we put you under the water in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that when you bury somebody, you don't throw a couple shovelfuls of dirt on them and leave them there because they will stink. Amen. But you dig a hole about six foot deep and you put them in there and you put them in a box and then you put them in another concrete box and then you bring the track. <laughs> That's kind of crude. But then you bring the dirt and put on them. Amen. When you are baptizing somebody, I've had to rebaptize them because one leg sticks up or one arm don't got said, brother, we got to put you down and bury you completely because we don't want the old man resurrecting again. Amen. But when we bury you, we bury 
you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And if you get baptized any other way, you just got wet. Amen. What's right with the church? Amen. That we know that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Scripture said that when you wake up in the morning, you teach your children that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. When you sit down to eat through the day, you teach your children, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. When you go to bed at night, you teach your children that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You say, why are you so persistent? Why are you so dogmatic about that? Call me rude, crude, whatever you want to call me. Amen. But the Lord said, if you make any other God beside me, he said, I am a jealous God. If there's another God, I know not any. Amen. I want to tell you there is only one God, and his name is Jesus. That's what's right with the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is right with the church, amen, is we believe in holiness and separation from the world. Amen. That God loved you so much when He saved you. He didn't want you to stay like you were. Amen. God don't want you smoking the same brand of cigarettes, drinking the same brand of alcohol. Amen. Going to the same club. He don't just change the club. Amen. But it becomes all about God. Where do you go on Friday night? I go to church. Amen. What do you do on Sunday? Amen. I don't have to sit home and watch the football game. Amen. I don't have to sit home and worry about who's going to win or who's going to lose. But what do you do? I go to my favorite club of all clubs. Amen. I go to the place that I worship and I magnify and I praise God. David said I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a good place. It's a right place. It's a holy place. And I'm excited about being in the house of God. Hallelujah. 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 In the church world today, people have to declare themselves as Christians. I'm a Christian too. Most people that say they're Christians look like everybody else in the world. But somewhere I read in an old book that says you are a peculiar people. An old book called Peter. That's located in a, a bunch of books that is put together that is called the Bible. That it says you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of who, Him who hath called you out of darkness into this 
this light. What's right with the church is when you get connected with God, it'll put a smile on your face. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. I am happy in God. I am happy serving God. I am happy living for God. Some hasn't quite found that part of it yet. But that's what's right with the church. Amen. That's what's right with the church. Another thing that is right with the church is, man, when we come to church, we believe in worshiping and praising and magnifying God. Amen. I've been to some places that oh, you better not make a sound. You better not clap your hands. You better not kind of Jump up, man, if we'd have jumped up and took off running in some churches, they thought we was having a fire drill or something. But that's just normal procedure around here. Why? Because we feel like that we are serving a God that is worthy of all of our praise. Amen. That you can't praise Him too much. That you can't leap for joy too high. That you can't run too fast. That you can't lift your hands high enough ever to praise Him and to glorify Him and to magnify Him for what He has done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is right with the church is when I can come into the church and I can feel freedom to worship my God. Amen. When I'm sitting there and everybody else might be quiet, I can get to rocking back and forth in my seat and say, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, when nobody else wants to run, I can stand up and say, I got a praise in my heart and in my spirit and I just can't keep it down and I just can't hold it back. That's what's right about the church. That there is freedom to worship and magnify God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's right with the church? Amen. It's a beautiful place to be. Amen. I tell you what, when I was evangelizing preaching in different places. I was embarrassed sometimes to even tell people where I was preaching at when I was in town. They wouldn't cut the grass. They wouldn't, they wouldn't clean up the place. Amen. It looked like the most run-down, pitifulest look. I, I don't care if you can't have anything but a tin shack to have church in. You need to keep it clean. You need to keep it right. That's what's right with the church. Amen. It's a building that when people drive by, amen, we can be proud to say, hey, that's where I go to church. Amen. That's where I go to worship. Not in a boastful, proud manner or saying, oh, look, man, we are we're big time. We're big shots and we, we got a big place to worship God. No, amen. But I believe that when God blesses you with something, this is the most important place. Amen. This is more important than my house. It's more important than your house. This is a place that we come to to glorify and to magnify God. What's right with the church is it's a beautiful place to praise Him. It's a beautiful 
place to magnify Him. It's a beautiful place to worship a beautiful God. Amen. Amen. Another thing that is right with the church. The church is full of good people. Amen. Amen. Good people. You ought to give yourself a hand clap on that. Good people. Amen. How many has ever had a loved one to pass away? Anybody ever bring any food to your house? Anybody ever send you any flowers? Anybody ever gather around you and say, Man, can I do anything for you? Hey Amen. This is, you are surrounded by good people. Hey Amen. You say, Oh boy, I tell you what. I tell you, go, go to the beer joint. Well, don't go to the beer joint, but, but go to somewhere and try to find somebody that would be compassionate enough. Amen. To help you when you're in time of need and in time of trouble and in time of distress. Amen. I can remember where I didn't have very much money and couldn't hardly pay my bills. I had, I had men to walk up and put a $100 bill in my hand. You ever had anybody give you any money? Amen. In the house of God. Amen. The house of God is full of people that love you, that are concerned about you, that are concerned about each other. Amen. I've heard the testimony so many times. I've been, I've been to different places, so I know how, how some people offer, operate. I've been to some places where they have a big funeral and yeah, some have to send somebody out to buy food to, to, to provide for all of those who are there. I tell you what we have the problem of is finding somebody to take it all home when we get through eating. It's a good place full of good people. Amen. I don't know what people do without the church. Amen. What's good about the church is if I get in trouble. Amen. If I find financial hardship, I got a brother or I got a sister that's there to say, hey, I want to help you out. Hey, if I fall hard, amen, and and, and have problems in my health, amen, I got somebody there that wants to help me. Amen, if I sin and come short of what God wants me to be, amen, there's a church there that's ready to pick me up and to help me and to pray me through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. I tell you what, you're you're a good looking bunch of people. Not a better looking people. I remember something that my daddy always said. He said, I'll put I'll put this people up against any people. Pick out pick out the best of the best. And we'll put them up. He said, We're fatter and fuller than anybody. That might not be the proper way to say it. That but but when 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 you are happy in the Lord, the Lord will make your bones fat. Amen. He'll supply your need according to his riches in glory. Amen. Some he might be doing a little better job than others, but but thank God for the blessings of God. Amen. How many has ever 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 come into the house of God? I was listening to Sister Edie testify this morning of coming to the house of God and feeling down and out. Amen. In despair, I 
watched it this morning and you gather around. All you got to do is lift your hands and there's about 15 people that flog you and say, come on, you're going to make it. Come on, everything's going to be all right. Come on, you can fight. You're going to be victorious. Thank God for the church. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, time flies when you're having fun. Amen. It's a place where you can find help. Oh, man. How many times have you ever been in distress and despair? And you just said, oh, God, if I could just make it to church. If I can just hold on to Sunday. If I can hold on to Sunday morning. If I can hold on to Sunday night. I know God is going to do a work in the house of God. Amen. What's right with the church? That no matter what kind of problem, the devil wants to keep you out of the house of God. That's what the devil wants you to do is stay home and give you every reason and every excuse of why you can't go and you don't need to go to church. Why? Because the devil knows that there is some things that is good about the church. Amen. The devil knows that when you get the church, there's going to be a group of people that is going to be praying the glory of God down. Amen. That's been there 30, 45 minutes before church in the prayer room seeking the face of God. Amen. And come out of the prayer room on fire for God, ready to have a move of the Lord. That when the first sound says, Amen, we start praising God and start magnifying God. Amen. In the church is where you're going to find help. Hallelujah. What's right with the church? What's right with the church? Amen. God created it. God ordained it. God built it just like He wanted to build it. Amen. If they'd come get ready to sing, I'm about ready to quit. God did it just like he wanted to do it. It cost him his blood, but he purchased the church with his blood where we would have an opportunity to come into this house today and to worship and to magnify and to praise and to glorify God. Thank God for the church. Mm. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the blood that purchased the church. Thank God. Amen. I was reading in the book of Kings, and I have it all this morning, but for the sake of time, I will not go through it all. But we find that David wanted to build the temple. And David could not... Because he was a man of war, but Solomon his son, David, gathered things together for the temple. Solomon, when he became king, he began to work on the temple that his father wanted to build. And that, that he made it, it was so beautiful when you read about the things that they had and, and the gold and, and the cedars and, 
and all of the woodwork and all of the craftsmanship that was there. They said that when they were putting it together, there was no sound of a hammer inside the temple. Then he gets it completed and Solomon does all the sacrifices and prays the prayer of dedication over the building. The first thing that he says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold the heaven and the heavens of heaven cannot contain thee. How much less this house I have built it. Amen. All down through somewhere about 28 or 30 verses of Scripture. He says, My name shall be there. It's my house. It's the house of God that I have built it. He said, God, if these people sin and transgress against You, Lord, and they, they are carried into a, a foreign land and held captive. He said, what's right with the church is these, these people that has done this can turn in this direction and humble themselves and pray. And then you'll hear their prayer and you will forgive them and you would have mercy on them. Amen. I don't know about you, but there's been times where I was in trouble and I could not get to the house of God. But what is right with the house of God is I could look toward that house and I could pray a prayer and God would come on the scene. Amen. In the hospital room. Amen. In a car accident. Amen. In trouble somewhere. That God would make a way where there seemeth to be no way. I'm telling you today, church, there is right things about the church. And I don't know about you, but there's so much right with the church that I'm not about to leave the church. And I'm not about to quit the church. And I'm not about to walk out on the church. Amen. Because it's right. It's powerful. Hallelujah. Let's all stand across this building this morning. Hallelujah. Solomon said if it's a drought in the land, Lord, if your people make it back to this building and they pray, Lord, would you hear their prayer? and send them rain. Just turning their hearts toward the church. Amen. Oh, what's right with the church? What's right with the church? Everybody wants to find fault. Everybody wants to say this ain't like it used to be and that ain't like it used to be and this is wrong and that needs to be fixed and this over here needs to be fixed. Until we get so caught up in the things we don't like about the church. But you know who the church is. It's not the building. This is just a building that we have dedicated for the purpose of appraising God. And we call the church. But you are the church that Jesus Christ purchased with His own blood. It wasn't this building, although as beautiful as it is, 
but you are what's so beautiful about the church. You are what's so right about the church. What the church is is exactly what you make it to be. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. Let's lift our hands and worship and magnify God this morning. We love you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe you would like to step out from where you're standing right now and make your way to this front. Thank you, God, for the beautiful things about the church. Oh, this is a place of help. This is a place of safety. This is a place of encouragement today. If the devil's been trying to talk to you and trying to convince you to step out and get away from the church, I want you to step toward God right now this morning and say, God, I'm not about to leave the church. I'm not about to walk out on the church. God, I need my brothers. I need my sisters. God, I need you in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. Let's worship Him just for a moment. Oh, worship the Lord right now. Oh, hallelujah. Great praise for a great God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the church. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be part of the church. Amen. You don't have to sign a card. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. But what you've got to do is come and surrender your life to God. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name and allow the Lord to fill you with the Holy Ghost.